screaming divas, shenanigans. <laughs> shenanigans galore. Thanks for doing this. We just, we wanted to, to kind of reach out to all you guys and see, first off, how you doing? Like, seriously, shall we, shall we start, shall we just go in the merry-go-round? Are you all in the boxes the same way? So, Simona, hey, thank you for changing that. No problem. How are you doing? What's going on? Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm doing a lot. Uh, it kind of, I feel like, goes like this in terms of emotion. Some days are really great. Other days, not so much. Uh, but I've been really trying to spend this time to rediscover balance in my life. Mm-hmm. So, and just taking it easy and not being judgmental on, on that either. Whether or not I'm working a lot or not in right. my day-to-day. So that's kind of how I am. I'm so-so, but in a positive way. <laughs> that's good, you know, poopy Poopy has become my favorite word. Love it. Because we get, we get poopy days, we get a lot of poopy days. And Ian, how are you doing? I'm well. Um, I'm finding, you know, I'm finding things take a lot longer these days. Like, I, so I, I'm a composer and writing music just is, I, I think I had less time before and was more kind of intense and uh, efficient with it but it's things things are taking longer and I'm trying to be like Simona said be patient with myself uh, as things take longer just sort of trying to find a new rhythm with life I also happen to have four lovely children who are always running around and one might run past the camera yay uh, today exciting they're cute hopefully not naked (laughs) hopefully we'll we'll see it could be exciting never know <laughs> and Matthew, how are you doing? What's going on? Yeah, I mean, uh, the first, you know, we've been off since, uh, well, not performing since March, and uh, the first bit was weird, uh, really, really weird. Uh, I ended with, uh, I was away the weekend that everything shut down for my brother's wedding Whoa. in Quebec, and so it happened. It was certainly an interesting and amazing thing, and then I was stuck in Quebec for for three or so weeks because I did a two week quarantine. Um, and, and you know, the, the day after I made that decision to do the quarantine, everything shut down and we went all online. Um, but you know, so I was, was a little bit bummed out, uh, I think as all of us were, but I didn't poopy. Feeling poopy. poopy. Um, Carrie hates that word. That, yeah, I hate that word. <laughs> you know, now that it's kind of like full blown summer. Uh, I've been just spending a lot of time with the fam. And they're about like two hours north of Toronto, so it's it's beautiful. I come down to Toronto uh, to get better internet. <laughs> two hours north, where are they? <laughs> yeah, where are they? They're in the they're in the Corthus. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. yeah. So it's okay, uh it's it's that. pretty awesome up there, and uh, feel very uh, lucky and blessed to to have that time with the fam. Your parents are uh, are fun. I had a a great time meeting them and talking to them. Um, when they came to the after party at Rusalka, and uh, yeah, you have you have some fun parents there. Lucky you. I do love them. I do love them. I'm very lucky. Yeah. Cool. Oh, I think Sandra froze up. Rachel, how are you doing? Oh, oh, I'm good. I mean, I think like probably everyone here, good days and bad days. Yeah. I, I find like as things still continue to get canceled, it doesn't get any easier. Which is like you think we'd be used to it, but. It's, it's definitely tough, especially as recently graduated member of the ensemble studio and now like heading into a, a year of freelance and contract-based work. Right. But yeah, just try to take advantage of 
all the time we have in the summer, practicing a lot of solo music that I never get time to practice and just enjoying, you know, seeing people obviously responsibly and socially distanced (laughs) and outdoors, but just, you know, relationships that I wouldn't have time for, you know, normally and try and take advantage of the time we have. Yeah. Hey, Lauren. Hello. Again, good days, bad days. Uh, I'm trying my best to see this time as somewhat of a gift to kind of focus inward and just really take care of myself, take care of my mental and physical health. Um, I've been spending a lot of time outside. I've been watching what I eat and working out a lot, and it's given me kind of a new lease on life. So I'm I'm feeling positive to take the next steps when it is safe to do that. Sure. You've had an amazing weight loss journey, have you not? I have, yeah. Ongoing. But yeah, so far 80 pounds down and uh, and counting. Yay! Yay! We'll have to do a whole other show on that, like how you did that and where that whole inspiration came from. If it tastes good, don't eat it. makes me so sad oh oh girl I love you and I appreciate that journey but life's too short no I'm I'm mainly joking okay (laughs) eat less of it I guess except for the alcohol bit yeah that's that's yeah Yeah. I didn't I didn't do that for the weight loss though that was just I felt happier when I wasn't drinking so I thought okay there we go Cool. Well, you know what? That's what we just, uh, we just uh, interviewed Olivia Ward from The Biggest Loser. And she had a lot of great information to share about her weight loss journey and emotional, right, Carrie, and physical, all that, that journey that she's had. So you'll have to tune into that or what, so this is this is just really free. We we had some topics that we were we were thinking about, um, talking about. What do you, Carrie? What do you want to say here? Well, I I really um something that Rachel said, you know, because she you're at the point where you've just graduated the program, you had gigs um, scheduled, you're just starting that momentum of your you know you're in that momentum of working your career, and. I don't know what it's going to be like up there in Canada, but I know in the United States, I mean, it's shut down. I mean, there's, and even though these companies are saying that spring is going to happen, I mean, the consensus amongst amongst most of us singers are thinking, we don't believe that that's going to happen either. So I'm really curious as to what you all are thinking about in terms of finances of, um, I am tired of this word, Sandra is too, but of pivoting, of making choices are you just, are we all just going to go to Costco? That's my joke lately. It's not really a joke, but are we all going to go to Walmart or whatever and, and get a job and then still practice on the side? I mean, what are, or I know I've talked to some young singers that are really either going to go back to school and just change careers or, so I kind of wanted to throw that out there just to see where you all are at. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, just speaking on that as a graduate this season as well, this time has come and it forces you to really sit and reflect on your life. And I mean, in some ways it is a gift because we at the very beginning of our career get this moment to look at how things are going, look at what the career life is like that we've had a taste of Mm -hmm. and actually 
face that and question, is this, you know, something we want to continue doing? Mm -hmm. And if it is, which I'm sure I can speak for everyone here that we're passionate about the arts, we're passionate about singing and communicating with people, that mm -hmm. connection. Um, but in terms of the way the industry is right now, how can we still do that in this time? So it really makes you kind of have this moment where you can sit and reflect, but honestly, it also gives me a lot of hope for the future because I think so many people are taking this time to really look at the world and not just the music industry, but the entire world and how things systematically are being run. Right. And people are starting to come up with these amazing other projects uh, or, you know, talking amongst each other in the companies about things and how they run. And so I honestly think that when things do go back or we can start to see each other again in whatever capacity that is, I think it's going to be better in a lot of ways. So it's, it's good so. and bad. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I hope so. I think, I think it's um, awakened a lot of people that change needs to happen on a many different levels. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hopeful. That gives me a lot of hope you know, on not only on our side of the footlights, but on the other side of the footlights. Yeah. Administration. How are you all paying your bills? I mean, let's, let's be real here. Yeah. What happens? Who wants to go first? <laughs> I'm so, who wants to go first? Yeah. I will. Sir, yeah. you know, listen, I am in the same boat. Carrie and I are in the same boat as all of you in that, you know, we have to pay our bills and we've had a lot of money just disappear Yeah. with that, that lovely word cancellation, you know, that, that cancellation and pivot. And once CERB stops, once we start, stop getting that or cares in the, in the States, I think then we're going to really start to see some, some big issues, you know, and that's going to be yeah. what at the end of this month, right? Yeah. I mean, even, you know, we just aired, put out Russell Thomas's video today and he was like, I know for myself, I didn't plan for a year's worth of savings. I mean, we're all doing yeah. plan for six months of, of backup, but nobody planned for this. So we are all going to have to figure out new ways to make money. And so I, that's, again, that's one of the reasons why we wanted to talk to you guys, because I think this conversation is going to help other people, which is the whole point. So yeah. whatever y'all feel comfortable talking about, yeah. we'd love to hear it. What changes have you had to make and how are you? I mean, I moved back in with my parents and I'm most likely going to be renting out my place in the city because first okay. of all, nothing's running in the city in terms of music right now. It makes more sense for me to stay up here and not be paying rent somewhere else. So that's one of the major things I've had to do. I've also right. considered some online careers like teaching mm -hmm. English. Right. Um, I've also considered just picking up and moving and getting residency in Europe with my family and maybe getting my passport with this two-year hiatus. Yeah. So who knows? Also, maybe babysitting. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. How about you? Oh, wait, wait, sorry. Can I ask her one question, though? Because when you're moving back in with your parents, you know how there were rules when you lived with them and now that you're an adult? I mean, do you still have to go back to parental rules? Yes. <laughs> it's been oh. interesting. I mean, my brother, myself, my Italian grandmother, who actually lives in Florida most of the time, we're all here together with my parents. So it's been honestly a blessing in a lot of ways because uh, I get to sit with my grandmother and watch her make homemade pasta and all of her other recipes. Oh. So I've been learning a lot, eating a lot of carbs. Amazing. And, um, yes. Yeah. So that part is nice, but getting used to everyone's different schedules. Yeah. And especially now trying to work online. 
that oh, part okay. has been really difficult. Okay. Yeah, I live with. Yeah. I also live with my parents. Me too. So that, okay. that's too. a lot. Um, but we have two more with us because my brother and his wife couldn't go back to their job, which is in Uganda. Oh, and they wow. still can't get back. So um, they have decided to stay here now. Uh, but for the time being, obviously, we're, we're all kind of living with each other. And it's been really nice because I haven't spent um, a lot of time with them over the past four or five years. But yeah. obviously, it's the same thing, getting used to each other's schedule. They mm -hmm. were very much used to living just the two of them by themselves um, with more space living in Africa. And now five people together is obviously slightly different. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And Rachel, you, you have a husband? A husband, but he's also a musician. So, you know, facing some of the same questions that we're all facing. Um, and, you know, next year will definitely be different than the previous years. <laughs> That's all I can say for now. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I guess my approach is just to continue diversifying, like different things that I can do in this time. I've still been coaching a lot online which has actually been really fun. And um, oh, Ian just got a little Ian, there we go. Good boy. Um, but yeah, I also, I have a couple like part-time jobs that I've done concurrently throughout okay. uh, this time. And one is I work for a company, actually it's in the States because I'm a, a US citizen as well as a permanent resident in Canada. And this company uh, helps students um, applied to universities and kind of I do editing services and nice. I specialize helping music students that want to apply to music schools and people who want to do a double major so that's still been going on um okay. I'll get with lots of other changes in that realm the university realm and then right. uh, I've been uh, also working some marketing for a friend's property management company, which has been really interesting because, you know, we deal with marketing ourselves all the time as musicians. Yeah. So it's interesting to apply yeah. skills in a different area, but it's been fun. Yeah. It's You're busy. Fun, so. yeah. And then you have, you talked about your family. So yes. yeah, my wife's an interior designer. And so her, her, work her business sort of slowed down for a bit but it's it's taken off and picked up quite a bit recently okay. um but and and one of the good things musically is that a lot of my work is like two years three years out or more because um i'm writing in advance for productions in the future so a lot of that is currently still on and for me i'm wondering when it's going to hit the composer side of things you know is it mm -hmm. is it a year out or two years out but the other thing is I've always maintained a side hustle with, with this work. And, um, and so I've always had uh, multiple streams of income, which has been helpful. Thankfully that one stream still continues. And so, okay. um, yeah. And Lauren? Moved back home. Seemed like the right thing to do. And uh, luckily we all are very similar people, my parents and I. Okay. And we need our alone time, but we also love to come together. Mm -hmm. uh, however, we kind of have a household rule that between the hours of 10 a.m. and 5 p.m., we have to ask if we could engage each other in conversation because also my, my parents run Highlands Opera Studio, so a lot of what they're doing is they're working while they're just sitting there seemingly doing nothing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So we... Is it, is it possible? Can we have a conversation? And if it's no, I'm busy right now, then there's respect and I leave or they leave. 
Um, so it's worked out quite well. And as you both know, um, as, as traveling opera singers, you don't always get to spend time with your family. So right. I actually kind of feel like right now I'm making up for a lot of missed time with my father as a child. Oh, so cool. it's kind of given back something that I felt I missed growing up. Okay. Yeah. Love that. Are, are you all feeling Zoom fatigue? Because, oh, yes. The fun <laughs> backgrounds help a little bit. <laughs> really? I, I tried that on one. I don't remember what happened. Oh, I think I tried to put up like one of my production shots or something like that. And it was like, that was a little too much of me in the background. <laughs> Actually, the Facebook Messenger backgrounds, they have these ones that look like uh, entire houses behind you. So depending on where you move, you can like sit in the living room or the fire behind the fireplace, etc. And a couple of weeks ago, a friend and I were uh, FaceTime chat or Facebook Messenger chatting in a Russian palace. So it was very glamorous, actually. Nice. Yeah. That's fun. I rented it on Airbnb. Are you having voice lessons on on Zoom too, and and coachings and all of that? Is it is it work? Because I've not yeah. done it yet. No. Yes and no. It's, it's, it's hard. We were very lucky that, you know, the Canadian Opera Company kept us on, even though things shut down in the spring got canceled. Yeah. You know, they honored our contract to the end. And so we continued with training and it was all online. Yeah. I mean, there's certain stuff you can do and you made the best out of the worst situation. And I really uh, applaud them for really putting in the effort to try and make it all work. The hard thing is, you know, with Rachel can can attest to and then everybody else here can attest to because it's we're not with someone playing piano mm -hmm. and so there's always even if they try to do something there's a delay and it depends on people's internet and even with like the clearest internet you're never going to line up and so it's hard to really feel like you can collaborate mm -hmm. like you can when you're in a room with someone one-on-one -on -one. yeah I found that when this all kind of began it, of course it happened so quickly that none of us were able to prepare, right? I mean, in the opera world, we're so used to singing acoustically, doing everything in person, mm -hmm. and that immediately is not, like, no longer possible. So we had to get used to, okay, what kind of mic can I use that's not gonna completely blow out every time I try to sing one note, or, you know, cameras and whatever else. And um, I found actually that voice lessons, as long as you weren't trying to play simultaneously, were really uh, honestly like very successful and I really enjoyed the voice lessons I've had online so far. Okay. Um, but the one thing that I think I missed for sure, which Matthew touched upon, is being able to play in sync with someone yes. because it adds this whole extra level of now I'm listening to make sure, okay, if I'm singing but the lag is a beat behind and the other on the other side, that person mm -hmm. is now doing the job of, you know, trying to just play to fit you. Right. Instead of being able to hear, you don't get that communication. Well, it, it's more difficult via the internet, of course. Um, but one, yeah, mm -hmm. one interesting thing about everything moving online, I think that it opened up people's eyes to the fact that, you know, you can, if you have a favorite teacher that does not live in your city, hello, you can totally call them up and have a lesson with them. And it's, you know, it's actually not that bad. It's not as difficult as you would think. Yeah. So that's been kind of fun. 
I, I mean, I don't, I've uh, checked in with my teacher sometimes when I've been on the road for six months at a time and something wasn't working right or I was working on a new piece and I needed help with a certain passage and I could get on whatever, Skype, FaceTime and just sing some of that and, and figure it out. Um, when you mm -hmm. talked about your technology stuff with microphones, that makes me want to ask about auditions because I've heard that auditions for you guys now for upcoming seasons or that you are having to do those recorded. You have to record a video and an audio of yourselves. And I'm wondering, A, how's that working out? And how, what, what technology are you using? Like what mics have you found that are good or platforms? Yeah. Help us out with the info. I, I used my phone for a lot of things. We had really? to do that. We all took part in this to uh, kind of uh, recital for all the young artists at the COC mm -hmm. that right. was released online. And, and I found the best one, picture quality and uh, microphone quality. The phone was way better than the computer. Uh, okay. I even found like some of the, uh, I was talking to some friends who had purchased the mics that they were told to buy. That right. were good. And they were finding that actually the audio quality on those was still distorted trying to get it all lined up. So wow. the iPhone. Well, obviously I'm having issues with the computer. So there you go. <laughs> well, I feel like too, even if you buy the fanciest microphone, if you don't know how it works or mm -hmm. how audio engineering works, you know, yeah. what's the difference? Input it's hard. Input volume is a big thing. So with our computers, when I was doing, when we were doing lessons, I switched the input volume down on our, on the computer mic so that it wouldn't top out every time we'd sing, but I could mm -hmm. still be close enough that um, our teachers or technicians could see me and see what's happening. Um, you can't touch, you know, and no, I, feel I don't, I don't like not being in the same room. I'm, I'm very much, I thrive for that. And that's the thing I like about opera is the collaboration and being with each other. Right. And so it was, it's a really, I found it very difficult and I still find it very difficult to do things over Zoom. Is it making all of you now work more on your own, forcing you to, to work on your technique or or in your composing without being able to have a singer sing through it and say, hey, what do you think of this? Or Rachel, you know, you, you not being able to go to a teacher and you as singers, you having to look inside yourself or are you feeling a bit lost? I kind of feel like because coming out of a two-year young artist program, you're inundated with so much information, so many experiences mm -hmm. that at this specific time, being only a few months out of being done the program it's been really nice because i can finally actually have time to process the information and go back and listen to old recordings and really sit with myself and you know work work on that but i will say that in terms of uh, motivation i think it can be really hard when especially if you're living at home and you know finding a place that okay i'm going to work in my work room versus what if your work room is now your bedroom and so you're yeah. eating and sleeping? Well, not eating, but you're sleeping and working in this. Well, I mean, maybe I eating too. There's no snacks in my room right now. Um, <laughs> That's sad. Yeah, it, it's a weird thing to be used to to not have like a place to go, I feel right. like. Or setting up a place that you feel like that's your, it's yours, you know, that you can focus in. Is it weird? I mean, I live in a condo building, so I don't really want to sing a whole lot here because I feel like I'm yeah. annoying people. Not that anybody's ever complained, but that's always in the, I'm very self-conscious of that when I'm, when I'm hollering away or mm -hmm. trying out high notes. Um, so what's that like now that you guys are, are with 
family? And I mean, do you have to set up practice times with them so that you're not bothering them, vice versa? Do you have to? Um, well, my dad is my teacher. So for me, it's pretty, it's, it's actually kind of nerve wracking because when I'm practicing and just want to be practicing without the ears of somebody that will come in and be like, that was awful. Do you want to try it again? I'm like, no, I'm working through it. Okay. Or if you just want to sing something that maybe you shouldn't be singing, like maybe I want to scream Nessun Dorma at the top of my lungs and I don't want him to crash in being like, mine. Oh, yeah. I have listened mine. to that recording and it's good. It is a good recording. <laughs> oh. I, Rachel, how about you? you? Are you in a house or are you in an apartment? Um, I have a house and I do have a piano here, but you know, Sadly, over quarantine, one thing that you can't have is get your piano tuned. So it has just that, steadily, you know, oh, declined over the last few months. Mine too. So it's oh. pretty honky tonk right now. <laughs> oh no! Everything below a middle C on mine is just muddy now. So yeah. I, I don't even think I can make recordings with my own piano. Um, Ian, are you able to um, to get your work done with four kids running around? Are you able to have any time to concentrate? It's funny because when they were still in school, um, they were not in school. And so I spent half the day teaching them from home in our, in our living room. And so even then finding the time was, was really tricky. I feel like there's a kind of weird open door policy that um, like anytime I'm in my office, people will walk in and it's, again, it's about, I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling a lot of thoughts together here as we, we talk going, yeah, let's, let's have a defined work period. That, that's a great strategy. So I need to do that. To do that. Yeah. I've been, uh, my stepdad works both night shifts and day shifts. They mm -hmm. rotate every two weeks. Mm -hmm. So depending on when he's working, uh, I can't really make noise until probably one in the afternoon if he's on the night wow. shifts, etc. So okay. some of that, working around that. Plus, I have a dog who I think is a Heldon tenor baritone with a high extension. Okay. So he just loves barking along whenever I sing. And I can eventually <laughs> tune it out, but it drives my family members, you know, understandably. Mm -hmm. It can be a bit much. So I try to limit the amount I'm singing or when I practice. Um, please tell me on your Instagram account that there was a video of that happening. <laughs> Possibly. Okay. <laughs> I want to ask. I think I saw, his name is Oscar. I called him Oscanini once. Love it. Oscanini. Now, what do you all think about about all these performances that are online? Because I think I think there is a. I know that they're making you do things as well online. Do you enjoy doing it? Do you appreciate it? Do you feel it's a bit too much now? <laughs> Let's talk here. Yeah, like, you can answer honestly because we can edit all that out. Because <laughs> I think the power it's, of editing. I think yeah. that we are saturated. I think we have flooded the market yes. with all of this, and I think it, I think Carrie and I both agree that I think people are just going to expect us now and how are we going to get them back into the opera house if they can have all this free online yeah yeah i find it hard because part of me um you know i like seeing certain things online because it's like a band-aid for what we can't currently have 
But I don't think any of this online content can be, you know, rationalized to be the same as what we do on the, uh, on the stage. It's, it's more of a temporary band-aid for those who, you know, we do need the arts and we do need to feel that connection. And there have been a few projects that I've worked on that, um, as much as, you know, sometimes it's difficult to put together all the recordings or whatever it is, it made me feel pretty good about it at the end results. Because, I don't know, I, I, you make other people happy, I guess. And I think for us as artists, it's different because we right. know the work that goes through it. We know how annoying it can be to be singing along to a track that you might not be the perfect tempos at every single moment because, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, but it's but, your livelihood and you're not getting paid yeah. for it. That's it's, the thing uh, too, yeah. It's really hard to, I mean, we were lucky with the CSC, we did some content with them and they were great and yeah. they paid us for that online content um, outside of our contract. But it's, it's not what we do, right? We're not used to it. We don't have in the same way that, you know, someone who is a pop singer, a jazz singer is used to using mics. They're, they're more aware of it. They're sensitive to recording. Um, we're not used to it. We're used to doing live performances and, and it's hard, especially because we want to make sure everything sounds great and we're in this time as young artists where at least we perceive everything we do is being judged to make an impact on where our career path might go and so it's hard when you know you're trying to make the best out of recording in your bedroom or recording in a spot that is is dead uh, acoustically and then putting that out there and people loving it because you know people are, are thriving for this art but we feel like oh maybe we could have done better like that's not maybe the best representation of our voice and now it's up there um well yeah i think also with the online content it's every company or every musician now is trying to figure out how to do online content and you know when it's up there in comparison to live performance when you do a concert recital you are in control of that moment in time of the information people are receiving in real time and when that concert's done, it is done. They cannot go back, watch it again, X, yes. Y, and Z. Whereas with online content, you know, it could be up there for months or years. Some, you know, forever. Sometimes about your, yeah. forever. Sometimes forever. <laughs> so that part of it is interesting too. I think it's reaching a different Ian audience. Wanted Ian yeah. wanted to say something there. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm totally with you, Sandra. I think like content fatigue it is, it's too much. Now, I would say like the one thing I've loved has been being able to see um, productions of operas from around the world that I'm really interested in that I couldn't get access to. So right. I just watched the Macropolis Affair, the Janicek, which an opera I knew, but I wanted to see this new, or this production from San Francisco. And, um, but when it's like a nightly opera offering, you know, I don't have the emotional capacity to be sitting through an opera every night. And so, you know, with other companies that, broadcast every night I, I might have I'm, I've tuned in four or five times since the pandemic but yeah. even though it's there I'm just I'm I'm exhausted from it so there, I think it's finding a balance and finding a kind of creative way in also I feel like because everything's online now right how much time do you want to spend sitting watching a screen I think I, there was one week I was working so hard on my computer that I had a migraine for four days straight and I had to wear my prescription sunglasses like from the morning to evening yeah. everyone was making fun of me but you can't stay away from a screen it's where everything is now yeah i think people need breaks too right yeah and standing desks because i found that i was just sitting so much 
and I was like, and I was hurting. Like there were parts of me that I was like, why does that hurt? That's crazy. And then when I think about my day and how much of it was spent on sitting on my booty, I, yeah. it was like, okay, I want a standing desk or I'm going to walk around while I'm listening to this and pop, pop more podcast, pop, mm -hmm. podcasty things so I can be doing other things. But um, I, what I find interesting about content is that I don't really want an opera that I did 10 years ago Put up now. broadcast now because that's not and it was a, a recording that was never meant for this it was a recording that was from the back of the opera house and uh, yeah. so I I always had a problem with that or or a problem with companies putting things up and not asking you not asking you what you thought I think more and more are doing that now but at the time when it all was yeah. happening it was a massive like I can't believe you wouldn't ask well I feel like that just brings up um the whole topic of systematic things in opera companies because well, yeah what's what, yeah. how does opera need to change in the next few mm -hmm. years because obviously we all will probably agree by head shakes that opera needed to change mm -hmm. our whole business needed to the whole system needed to be revamped so how do you all see and what do you think needs to be changed in once we get back to singing i think outreach is, is huge I mean, especially as young artists, um, you know, we're training to be, to hopefully have a, a great career, but on the way, uh, you know, outreach is what's needed to introduce opera and not just to like, oh, here it is. This is this big fancy thing that you're going to see once and think is good or think is bad, but outreach is sustainable outreach that leads to more people being interested in this craft because it's no secret that the support of op opera with the age group that supports it, there is a decline, yeah. right? And so it's how do you keep future generations interested in opera? How do you keep current generations interested in opera? And especially, you know, once we get back to normal, whatever no the new normal turns out to be, how do you engage audiences in a way that makes them feel like they feel represented and want to come back to the opera to see yeah. stories that they can see themselves in. Sure. Right? Mm. I think too, just on the uh, outreach topic, not only, I think what needs to change with outreach, or I'm sure this already exists, but I think what needs to be enforced more is not just, you know, showing up to a school one day, singing for an hour, talking for an hour and going home. I think the important thing about outreach that needs to uh, be focused on is creating longer lasting relationships, longer connections with certain groups or young kids. It's not just about, you know, showing up once and doing a show, you know? I remember even in my childhood, having people come and visit our school and talk about things that they've done. But I feel like what would really make a lasting impact is if it can have a continu continuity, mm -hmm. um, where you actually, you know, can mentor students, create these connections. So it becomes also not just look at what we do, but we also want to know about you, make it personal and, and find those connections. That's what I think brings people to the theater to begin with. So I think it's about making, just like it is when you're performing, is about making connections with others. Yeah. I think it's the same with outreach. We have to make sure that we're really fostering those connections and not just kind of showing up and being like, hello, we exist, goodbye. Yeah. So you're all saying it's about education and getting the younger people into the opera house. Yeah. Accessibility accessibility yeah okay. and I also and Rachel too because um you know I was thinking when we were all talking about the online content that 
while there might be Zoom fatigue now, I think at the beginning, I saw a lot of the online content be very inspirational to people who might have never set foot in an yeah, opera house. I, mm-hmm. You know, some of my neighbors down the street would constantly be asking me and or my husband, like, when are you guys going to put out another video? And not mm-hmm. that we need to keep going in online content when things back to the new normal, but mm-hmm. reaching those people in some way that makes them feel not intimidated. Right. Like art and you know, these are adults. These aren't necessarily like young people, but yeah. they, just, they would only find opera by going on YouTube and stumbling across something and being like, wow, that's really cool. So how can we bring that in a live way when we're able to, right. that's not off-putting to people who, I don't know. No, that's, that's a great, it's a great topic and it's a great question. And these are all things because all of you are going to be the ones that are going forward with, with these thoughts. Yeah. I'm, I'm 51 now. I'm towards the end of my career. You know, I can't really implement a lot of this. Um, but you all can, I can help guide Carrie and I can help guide you all. But to implement it is really going to have to be you because you are all the future of opera and Mm -hmm. you have to carry that torch forward. And, you know, God bless all of you for for doing this and and continuing to be passionate about it because it's a tough time and it's, it's a, we are going to be facing a lot of difficulties. I feel like what you and Carrie are both doing though is um, and what is important about what you're doing is you're using your platforms that are established to give other people's voices a place to be heard and seen, whereas maybe they wouldn't necessarily have that opportunity to reach as many people as, as you both can. So even with opera companies, I think that's another important thing is just people kind of assessing how they're using that platform, right. how they're using that power. Are they making, are, you know, as much as, okay, you might have to edit some of this because I feel yeah, like... Okay. A word vomit, but that's the trailer. Word vomit. Diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> Yum. <Yeah>. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, hold on, let me collect myself. Collecting. I think one of the things we were talking about with the online content and Carrie, what you brought up about things sometimes being posted without permission, you know, or knowledge. And it brings up to the forefront this idea of making sure the artists' voices are being heard. And not just being heard, you know, on stage that you're selling tickets for people to being heard, but their actual artistic voice. And because we're not just our voices, we are, as an artist, a whole person. We have opinions, we have aesthetic, we have ways in which we want to use our voices. And so it's important, and I think for people to realize or reflect upon, are we really giving our artists a place where their voices are heard or their voices, they feel comfortable to be, to speak up or, or use their voice within the system of how we run things. Yeah. And um, I don't know, I've been seeing a lot of places having conversations internally, externally about this. And it's been very interesting. I've personally participated in a conversation with the Canadian Opera Company about a few things a couple months ago. And it was so interesting uh, to be able to be in that room with people from every department of the company and finally have a place where you feel comfortable and safe to really speak up and talk about things with the head of the company and not just you know with people in Young Artist Program or with the person okay. who runs the Young Artist Program. So yeah. 
And I think even for them, it, for some of those people, they expressed, um, they were surprised that people on our level may have been, you know, so thankful to finally be heard. You know, for them, they thought, oh, we thought we provided a place where you felt comfortable to kind of talk to us and engage with us in whatever kind of conversation. I'm like, oh, it's so hard. I don't think that's true. And it's not necessarily their fault because I no. think everyone that I've worked with there have been really amazing and they've shown that if you do speak up and talk to them that, you know, they hear you and they do want to help. They just need to be, you know, they actually have to have someone talk to them about it first. Well, but I think the hesitancy comes from being young artists. I think we're told right. so often that if you speak up, there's another person who can yeah. replace you, who's, you know, not as noisy, et cetera, et cetera. So it's ingrained in you for so long to kind of go with the flow and be easygoing and, you know, not cause problems, let's say, by speaking up about how you feel. So, but you have to find know. your voice as a young artist too. Yeah. And that's your job. All of your jobs is to find what difference you can make. What, what is it about you that makes you unique and allows you to, to speak up about that? Because if you're always in the, in the background, people are always going to think, hmm, well, you know, I don't know who this person is. I don't know what's special about them. I don't know what their gift is. Mm -hmm. And if you are more vocal about it, there's different ways of being vocal. And this is, as a young artist, I think we have to learn there's an aggressive way of being vocal and saying, this is what I do. I'm going to do it this way. Or there's an inquisitive way of being vocal too, saying, yeah. this is what I feel. What do you think about that? Mm -hmm. And I think this is an opportunity now for you as young artists to find what is unique about all of you and what is your gift and to speak up about it and say, hey, look, here's me. This is me. This is my stamp. And maybe opera companies now have been woken, whatever that word is. Like, I don't think woken <laughs> is the proper word. Awoken. So woke. They, so woke. they woke up. But I think they do realize that there was some disconnect. Yeah, between it's surprising though, because everyone wants the same thing. Everyone wants, you know, people to feel great and to be, they're fighting the good fight to create these amazing uh, and support art, you know. But sometimes I think it's just hard. I think when we're working so hard in our own divisions, we get very focused on just doing that. And it's hard to kind of see around you and right. remember you know, to have those kinds of conversations. But it's been really wonderful uh, at this time, I think, because we have the time to talk about it with people. Yeah. I, I, I have great hope for the future because of the conversations that have come out of this time with these companies. Yeah, so far. and I would keep having them. But um, there's still some part of me that just was wondering, I don't know how, do you really feel like you can still say something as a young artist or? I think it's really, art. Hmm? It's start. The the doors have been opened yeah, and right. now we're headed in the right direction. I love yeah. that. has begun to yeah. completely. Yeah, I wouldn't lie and I wouldn't lie and say it was uh hundred percent easy or that it's not scary. Like yeah. even from what I already said today, I'm like, oh did I say something that was wrong? <laughs> I don't know. Right. You know what? <laughs> Listen, maybe this is a time for all of us to find our voice. Yeah. And to to use it. To use yeah. it for change. And one of you all might be the torchbearer that's gonna to make a huge difference in the future of opera. So I encourage all of you to speak up and not be afraid of what you're saying. 
because I think it's time. I think we, it is so ingrained in our business and, and in our teaching as, as young artists, because Carrie and I were both in young artist programs too. We were told to be seen, but not heard, mm-hmm. right? And to there be you go. And I think it is time now that people realize that we have ideas that are, that are worthwhile and have importance. And okay, maybe some of them are really bad, but we don't know until we express our feelings and our emotions. We're artists. Yeah. And I think that all of the opera houses and all of the people that we've talked to, Carrie and I, over the past few months, they've all embraced that. And no, they no. all want this change. No. And so exactly. it took a pandemic and Black Lives Matter, all of this to make our business wake up and say, wow. We need, we need this change. So I want to know what in the past six months, what's the most helpful tool or idea that's helped you? Staying connected. Okay. I mean, like, you know, we had so much time where we weren't able to, to, um, to even go socially distance, visit someone. Yeah. Um, and so just having the opportunities to check in, with family and friends that, you know, I think about this time and I think about what would have happened if this was even 10 years ago and we didn't have stable, uh, fast internet in the same way that we do now. Uh, we don't have so much connectivity that we have with our phone all the time or our computer. Um, but just like the, the ability to, to stay in contact with friends and family to check in, to have them check in has really been a lifesaver because yeah, I like, I personally like being around people. It's a big thing. That's why I, I love opera and I love the collaboration between people. Um, that's the best part. Um, being Having the technology available has, has certainly helped yeah. and kept me Lauren, safe. you look like you want to say something. I think also, yeah, I think it's also wonderful to take the time and really rediscover your voice and what it is that you want to say as an artist. Mm-hmm. Because I think in the grand scheme of always being so career driven, um, it's very easy to lose sight of what made you fall in love mm-hmm. with the art form and with the arts in general. Um, and so I've been sort of exploring different avenues of artistic creation for myself and it's it's informed then my voice as a singer literally and and uh, figuratively and the voice too that I, I want to use in any way that I can to help the systemic racism help it you know really we need to kind of reevaluate <laughs> our society and um, so I, I've yeah really been trying to figure out what I can do you as a human as an artist to give the world as much light as i'm able to uh in in some kind of way and help and yeah just just try my best in all of that good yeah. good i think for me it's um it's the opposite of matthew it's disconnecting um disconnecting and maybe it's reconnecting to something different um I've spent more time outside. Um, I've 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 spent time doing nothing, like literally putting the phone down, and 
and that's a, such an uncomfortable place to go because it, it can feel, um, you know, I grew up before the internet, I, at least I'm a little bit older uh, than some people here. And I just, I, I, but I've lost touch with how to do that, you know? And mm -hmm. so, so disconnecting to reconnect. Um, and I, I, I had a thought on in terms of sort of future of opera and what, what sort of sectoral changes we could do um, that you asked earlier. Uh, you know, I'd love to see us looking back at the the canonical works that we all love and that we we perform in, and and especially those that are more problematic, and really kind of asking the hard questions of those works, um, not necessarily killing them, but rather saying, you know, what lens was brought upon this particular story, say a story mm -hmm. that was far away from the creator's um, own experience. And w along the lines of Black Lives Matter and um, increasing Indigenous voices and other other underrepresented people is is asking what kinds of stories uh, have yet to be told, um, and I think this is where I mean we we think of this art form that we all love so dearly and and its vibrance uh, vibrancy its uh, richness and how it's been always an evolving and growing form and. I think looking forward and thinking about future audiences is about thinking about diversifying our, our, our voices, the stories that we're telling and who's, who's mm -hmm. telling those stories. True. Very true. Very well said. Thank you. So what are your fears? Um, well, I think what okay. if things don't, don't return, who knows uh, how long it's going to be before we can pack a house yeah. or, you know, have concerts of large scale, have this collaboration, you know, it comes down to the, to the fact of, you know, there are ways to put people in, 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 in a theater if it's large enough to space them out. But how do you space out the artists? How do you space out the people okay. behind the scenes? How do you space out that massive orchestra that is in a confined space underneath the stage? Yeah. Um, how do you keep everybody safe? But my big thing from, from this time away from performing has been, I hope that, that the general public realizes how important the arts are. Mm -hmm. I mean, you think about it for a second, try going a full day without doing some type of performance art yourself, whether it's us singing or painting or drawing, um, to trying to spend a full day without consuming some sort of social media that has art attachment to it for mm -hmm. TV, for film, listening to music, mm -hmm. and think about how different our world would be without the work of wonderful people like you guys and without the work of people in our industry and people outside of our industry that are just involved in the arts. And so I hope that once this all is gone and, and things can start to resume that, you know, there's a, a renewal and uh, a reinvestment into the beautiful art that people can create. Mm -hmm. no, I think, Personally, my fears are more aligned without, are not aligned with the arts. I feel like the arts have survived for thousands and thousands of years and eons, et cetera, et cetera. And even in this time, this is an experience that is, you know, unlike any other so far that probably many of us have ever experienced in our lives. I don't think we've ever had this type of pandemic before. I don't know. Um, Long time ago. Yeah. yeah, a long time ago was the last time things kind of shut down in this way. Right. I feel like the arts are obviously going to come back. They're still here, you know. It's just, when is it going to be safe to go back to being able to do it in front of, perform in front of people? 
Um, but I feel like it's going to happen. How, when, how long will it take for things to rebuild? Million dollar question. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I think my fears reside more so on this is a major health crisis and there's, and not just that health crisis, but there's other major crises happening in this world with people being racist and, and violence against like police brutality. There's so many things, there's people starving. Um, and now is the time, you know, I don't know, as opera singers, I'm so used to just making noise all the time and like listening to sounds, mm -hmm. but just in music creation, as much as there are notes that you sing that make a sound, there's also rests and pauses. And I feel like this is actually a time that we need to just start listening, not just to ourselves, our inner voices and digest and figure out what we want to do with our lives, but also be listening to the world around us in not just the arts, but every other capacity, every other part and how we exist. It's, we're not just, you know, noisemakers. Yeah. So, but our noise uh, makes a difference too. But our noise makes a difference. That is true. Our voices do too. So we have that power and that ability right now to, mm -hmm. to make a difference yeah. in your own way. But is anybody thinking about reinventing yeah. themselves? Oh, is anybody thinking about reinventing themselves? <laughs> that was my chair. That was not me. Thank you. Um, <laughs> um, but is anybody else thinking like maybe if, if this is going to be a two year thing or until we have a vaccine, whenever the hell that could happen? Because I mean, whatever. We really don't even have a true flu vaccine. Let's be honest, people. Yeah. Um, so is anybody thinking about... Thanks for that bummer there, Carrie. Sorry. No, Everybody have a drink now. Everybody needs a drink. Sorry, Lauren. <laughs> but um, I mean, I don't know. Is anybody thinking about doing something different? About using your talents and, and focusing that energy? Um, you know, Olivia, who we just talked to, really something she said resonated with me was using those gifts that we've been given and channeling that energy into something else that can make a difference because we can't do that right now on the stage. And maybe yeah. that really leads to something that you never knew was possible, or I don't mean to sound like all Pollyanna, but I don't know. Has anybody thought about that? I've been actually using this time to think about what other non singing skills I have. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> I put out into the universe when this all started that I really wanted to work on some projects where I could be either a creative planner or help with logistics and things like that. Okay. And so because of that, magically, I got some really amazing opportunities so far. One was working with an American foundation that created a virtual concert series where all of the funds that were raised went back to artist relief. Cool. And each piece on the concert was uh, dedicated to essential workers they were requested by essential workers nice um so that was really fun because i got to work on the administrative side of it and help create how that whole thing was working behind the scenes and then um more recently i've actually started working as the assistant to the general director of the highlands opera studio which is val Quinta. and so that's been a lot of fun just to explore and use my skills in ways that are still connected to the arts but are not singing right i also feel like whatever those skills are that you have, or if you do decide to have a concurrent career or if and reinvent yourself or allow, give yourself the space to go into a different path for a second, mm -hmm. doesn't mean you have to abandon, no. right? I think, you know, I feel like no, there's this there pressure that people feel like, career. Yeah. yeah, I feel yeah. like people have this pressure or this idea that 
if you want to explore another part of yourself, that means that you have to quit being a performer. You can't possibly do everything, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, ah, I don't know. I feel like it can be possible. And if anything, it can enrich your uh, artistic life. Cause Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to move. I'm not going to give up on the arts anytime soon, okay. but I also don't want to go like 10, 20 years, 30 years into my career and then look back and go, Oh, well, I'm here now. What do I do with this? What else do I like? You know, some, some of the greatest singers never, in my opinion, great, great singers that I heard in voice lessons and such never had a big career and there's no rhyme or reason to it. It It's just how, the universe works works out sometimes yeah and you all might be the best composer pianist singers and there's no reason for it so and, uh, and vice versa some great singers some of the most famous singers kind of go how'd that happen <laughs> so, not naming anything do you guys have questions for us oh yeah Lots. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go for it. Who has questions? I have a I, question. Yeah, go okay. for it. So you asked us the question of like, what what could you see changing in the in the opera industry? What do you think from your experience? Would you see change? And uh, what would you have told yourself, say, twenty years ago, as a young performer? <laughs> Get out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to take it, Carrie? You want to take it? No, I don't care. But you, you go. You go. <laughs> I think opera needs to, I've, I, and I've said this for a long time, that opera needs to not be so archaic. Opera needs to be brought into 2020 and, and the future. It's just, it's too old fashioned. And I think that that is reflected by the viewership and the age of the viewers that come into the opera house, they're not collecting the young viewers. And there is some disconnect there. And I think it, is, it stems from lack of education right now, or as you guys were talking about outreach, I think that that is going to be necessary. Also, I feel that how many more times can we see La Boheme? Can we see Tosca? Can we, you know, these war horses, done in these old fashioned stagings. I think we have to make it relevant to where we are right now in the world. Let's, let's have a La Boheme, but let's have it done in a pandemic. You know, let's have La Boheme with, with black characters, with indigenous characters. Let's have everybody here. Opera needs to be diverse. And that, I know that word is just overused. So, and what would I have told myself from 20 years ago? You have no idea how hard it's going to be having it. Mm. You have no idea. Not just the singing, but all the other stuff involved in it. The travel and not seeing your family and missing birthdays and weddings and holidays and not wanting to sing when you're sick. You know, and the audience doesn't know that. The audience doesn't know that you got in a fight with your husband that day. You know, they don't know that. And you can't, that's not an excuse, you know? So keeping that, not knowing how hard it is and keeping that motivation going when you're doing this day in and day out, when you're really burnt out and need a vacation. Yeah. Carrie? Carrie. Um, <laughs> 
Um, no, I, I'm with Sandra that um, a shit ton needs to change um, in the business. And what I find really, I mean, money talks, right? So I feel like the people that are put on the boards, we need to have a diverse board. We need to include those people that they need to see what they all, I don't know how to verbalize this. I'm not very good at it, but I just, I, I feel like there's a wealth of money out there that is not tapped into because we're used to this old ancient crap. Does that make sense? So I, I want to see a, a diverse board. I want to see a diverse um, administration, diverse diversity conductors. And I don't mean just colors. I want different colors, different sizes, different genders. Yes. I, that's what I want. Because I feel like if, even if we went back to the days of, you know, Marilyn Horn and Joan Sutherland, would we have those voices on, on those stages right now? Because, you know, Marilyn Horn was short and curvy and was playing boy parts. And, um, and Joan Sutherland was like over six feet, whatever. And what tenor was going to sing with her? Does that make sense? Like I, yeah. <laughs> and so, they, they were the best singer for the job. Absolutely. And, 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 and auditions, let's do that. I love the idea of blind auditions. I think um, there's something quite amazing about that idea. Uh, I would love that. Um, so anyway, it's some, those are the things that I think about because I've also found the opera business itself very fascinating and being on the other side of the table was a goal in my mind whenever I decided to stop singing. There was some part of that, whether helping young artists or being an you know, a general director or an artistic administrator. Um, and that's what I found disappointing was um, the same old crap happening again and again and again from the thing that speaks the most, which is money. So I, I, I want to hear more of your voices. I want to hear me as an audience member. I want to hear younger voices. I want to hear younger singers. I want more opportunities given to younger singers, to younger composers, Absolutely. to younger pianists. I think that they think more about making money as opposed to supporting and nurturing this art form that has to be nurtured. If it is not nurtured, we will not have opera in 10, 20 yeah. years from now, it will be a dead art form. And they need to yeah, give like, all the young singers opportunities. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I got tired even in the last five years. I mean, watching the same name, you know, right. happen three times in a season. And I just thought, why? I mean, I, it's not that I don't love that singer or that I don't want to sing them sing that piece, but uh, why do I need to see the same tenor or the same soprano in a three times in a season? I just said that twice. Sorry. Does that make sense? Like I just, yeah. why doesn't that give opportunities to other people? And um, yeah, I don't know. You girls, I like everybody, I could be on that soapbox for an hour. So. I love it. Other questions? <laughs> I was just going to say um, with what you both mentioned, Sandra, especially early, a little bit earlier on, about um, the art form needing to kind of move with the times a bit. Mm -hmm. I think that's because people got really comfortable with what, and what Carrie said about what makes money. Mm -hmm. they, you know, there's these popular things, they make money, but I feel like when you rest on an idea or, of something, or when someone decides, okay, this is the way it's gonna be for it to be successful and for people to love opera, you're no longer allowing yourself the freedom to be imaginative. And then you get stuck with people who, think a certain way because that's how it's been done for years and they don't want to use their imagination to think of how it could be. Why can't oh, Carmen be man. a sexy, curvy woman? Yeah. You know, excuse me, hello. Yeah, um, it's an old you know. business plan, I'm sorry. It's, yeah. It, yeah. it needs to be rebooted 
it needs to be unplugged and rebooted, just like my router did today. So, <laughs> um, I, I think I'd like to answer that question about what I would have told myself, and yeah. um, what always runs through my mind even now at where I am in my career is um, the phrase "You are enough." You are enough. You are enough at whatever weight you are, because that was my issue. You know, being you are enough. You don't need to change you. You need to be the best you, the best vocal. I'm all about being in contact with people, reaching out and asking for help. But within all of that, whatever you walk out on stage and, and give is you're enough. You've worked your butt off for every note, every high note, all of that. And then after that, like, doesn't matter. Does that make yeah. sense? You're yeah. here. Yeah. More questions? Do, 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 do. What have you both been doing to keep your mental health, you know, pumping along? Have you been, uh, do you have any tips or tricks for people? Hydration. Mental health, <laughs> tips and tricks. Yeah. Uh, it's been a roller coaster ride, you know what? And I think, I think acknowledging that it's been a roller coaster ride is step number one acknowledging that everything is not okay mm -hmm. is step number one a two maybe because we can just be all oh everything's gonna be fine everything's great no it's not the world has been turned upside down people are dying mm -hmm. and carrie lives in the united states okay so we're not even going to go there but you know mental health i i make a point me personally well first off carrie and i are doing this so that we laugh at least once a day because i think laughter is very important and levity is very important mm -hmm. and that's what we're trying to do with the show is saying that hey we're all in the same shit show together and everybody's having all of these same emotions but acknowledge those days that you're really feeling poopy and here's my carries before <laughs> acknowledge those days and, and allow them to just be poopy if they are. And to not judge yourself if you're not singing or playing or composing every day, if you're not making art every day. Because sometimes, as Rufus Wainwright said to us, sometimes creativity happens in the stillness and in the silence. Mm -hmm. And so that is not judging ourselves and allowing ourselves to feel all of these emotions because as artists i think we're going to be able to use this going forward in the future too all of these emotions that we're feeling we're going to use these on stage and we're going to see some amazing performances coming up when all this is is over mm -hmm. um my peloton bike yeah that's true there you go i even if it's 20 minutes, 10 minutes, honestly, it's not about my weight or exercising or, you know, whatever. It's really just about movement. Um, and because there's something about that, that, uh, heals my soul and clears my brain. Um, and so I'm a big, uh, it was funny cause I, sorry, I, I looked at, I can go back and see what my month was like. And I went, Oh, oh my gosh, that was like almost every day I did something. And that doesn't necessarily mean I got on a bike. Peloton has like meditation and yoga and stretching or whatever. But it was just something that said I needed to take care of me. This is my time. 
And with all of y'all living with family, like I can only imagine what that, I love my family, but Lord mercy, if we all had to be in the same house together, so, <laughs> you know, for an extended period of time, like I, I think finding those moments of you and taking care of you, even if it's 10 minutes is, is worth all of it. And for me, um, it's why we did this was, um, I needed the connection. I miss all, I miss my people. It's what I call all of you as my people. I miss that so much. And, um, I needed these conversations where you could laugh, you could cry, you could be real, you could say what you needed to say. And, um, because like you, you've all said, we've all been on this roller coaster ride of emotions. And, um, and if we can't be together singing, then even though we're all like zoomed out, I still, I'm picking up the phone and I'm saying, Hey, even my friends, I just had a conversation with a good girlfriend in France yesterday, three days before I was like, when are you free on Sunday? We're going to set up a time because I need, I need to, I need to know your heart. I need to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And um, so for me, it's the bike and, and keeping connected. And reach yeah. out to those people that if you do think, I mean, I think Carrie and I, we've talked a lot about mental health and Honestly, we both feel that this is going to be a huge issue in the coming months. Yeah. Once, once all of this, the money and our support stops, people are going to be facing very difficult times. And I think it's our job as artists, not just to lift their spirits, but also to reach out yeah. with our voices, any yeah. which way we can reach out. That said, you know, we talked about all that online stuff, but maybe mental health is going to be a big topic coming up. So all of you, you know, if you, if you know that one person, call them, make sure you reach out to them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing with the Zoom, Zoom fatigue, uh, yeah, it's tiring, but also conversations like this, I feel it's so bizarre because the thing that can tire you out can also, you know, fill you up again. Yeah. 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 It's these kinds of conversations and being able to, you know, you you do all of a sudden get transported and feel connected once you get kind of past the awkward online <laughs> you know and every now and then you're reminded by someone freezing in an awkward position that was me acting or a dog barking in the background you know but yeah. i don't know this this has been really lovely i think for my mental health today so thank yeah. you all yeah. for there we go i miss seeing all of my hey, coc people's faces do you guys have more questions or do you want to go and have some dinner? <laughs> well, I feel like I have, I have personally just questions for the two of you. I don't know. They're probably just too many questions, but I would love to know, um, Carrie about both. Well, actually both of you, when you were a young artist, the experiences you had, what was that learning curve like for you? What was it like kind of coming out of the, the Young Artist Program, like that kind of chunk of your life? I mean, I, that's too big of a question for right now, I guess. But that is deeply the what... same face, didn't we, Carrie? We both went like, ugh. Well, <laughs> yeah. we both had two different... Um, we both had two different goals for our careers, and we both had two different experiences in Young Artist Programs. Um, mine was the... Uh, for, uh, they had just started the Young Artist Program there at Washington National Opera, so it was madness and um, them just trying to figure out what to do with us. Um, I use that opportunity and I think you can use this opportunity now while we're all home um, to make sure that I connected and I asked um, every singer and conductor and director that came through that program, hey, can I take you out to coffee? I just wanna pick your brain. Mm-hmm. And what I find interesting is that we're home now and I have 
um, people calling me and saying, hey, you know, can I pick your brain? Yeah, sure, I'm home. I'm happy to talk to you. And I actually, there are a lot of us, I think Sondra would agree, um, that have been in the business for a while that would happily talk to you guys about anything you want to talk about. So I would, I, that doesn't answer all that question, but part yeah, of- Yeah, it was a large scope of a, my, it was a vibe. But I, I, I think there. while we're home right now, I think that's what, what I would be doing is reaching out and like you're talking about going to Europe, figuring out how you're going to do that, which couch you're going to sleep on. You know what I mean? I think this yeah. reaching out to people that have been in the business longer than you and um, using that time, this time for, for that, to be quite honest, because it was a lot of networking. I remember when I got mm -hmm. out of the program. So why not network now? Everybody's home. Mm -hmm. Time management. That was a big one for me. Time management, because when you're a young artist program, they, they plan your day. Oh, yeah. For you. <laughs> And then you get out of a program and you're like, wow, I have this role that I have to go learn. How do I do that? And you think, well, I could just sit all day and I can watch movies. And then you keep going, wait, but there's this role back here. And, and I, have to, I have to learn that on my own. You know? And that was the hardest for me was learning how to schedule my day and how to figure out how much time it took to learn a role, mm. how I learned a role, because that was a very big one. Some people learn roles very quickly. Some people, it takes more time. Some people can just, do they start right on the music? Some people have to translate. Some people play the piano, some don't. Rachel knows that. Rachel <laughs> taught me in pirata. So thank you. <laughs> I know. But that is a very thing, important thing that you have to learn on your own. And nobody can do that for you. You have to learn also how to wean yourself off of, of your teacher for dependency, I think. And that was a hard one for me in the program because I could just call up my teacher and say, I don't understand how to do this. And then you're out of the program and you have to pay for your own voice lessons. You're like, <laughs> okay so that was that was the hardest part for me and it's a tough one to learn yeah anything else no we're good you guys are all zoomed out you're like you're like i'm done it's time to well we've all been drinking so it's a little like oh it's time for a nap <laughs> <laughs> well we're here for you guys if you have more questions that you want to ask privately um whatever you know the divas the screaming divas are here for you oh, well, cheers and thank you for uh yes having us for this uh for this interview and this time and it was so lovely okay. to see all of your faces no thank you yes. all for your time honestly and we wish wish you the best of luck absolutely in the next months coming ahead and and stay strong and remember that there's a lot of people that are there to support you absolutely and help you out that you're not doing this alone okay yeah pick up the phone send an email yeah reach out thank you so much thank you yeah thank, thank you, you. Wow. wear a mask wear a mask <laughs> <laughs> bye guys bye everybody bye, bye.